This is Entrepreneur's Podcast. I'm Daniel the Retailer, and today we have Daniel Montague. Daniel Montague owns a company called Tefl Recruiting. That's T-E-F-L recruits.com. So Tefl stands for teaching English as a foreign language. There's a huge demand across the world for people to learn English uh, so that they can be more marketable in the world, maybe go to uh, American universities, be successful in business. English is the language of money and business in the world. So we need to send people from these English-speaking countries to go teach it. Well, in order to get there, you've got to get your way through recruiters typically or job boards. Well, Daniel Montague has lived that life. He's going to tell you a little bit about that journey, what he learned along the way, and then why he saw an opportunity to have a more personal approach, to be somebody that sort of uh, sifts through the sharks in the water, if you will, and make sure that you land on your feet and you get what you uh, signed up for, so to speak. Before that, if you like this podcast and you've been listening a while, maybe you want to check us out on patreon.com slash podcast. Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Entrepreneurs Podcast. You can support us for a dollar a month. A dollar a month? Like, I don't even know where $5 a month goes in my couch. But if you support us for even that little amount of money, we'll give you exclusive content. If you give us more, we'll give you a sticker. If you give us even more, we'll make you a producer on the show. But for now, enjoy Daniel Montague. Okay, everybody. Welcome to Entrepreneurs Podcast. Hey, Dan. (laughs) How's it going? Good. So, Kareem, uh, who are we going to be interviewing today? So, today we have a uh, special guest, one of uh, the educators of tomorrow, or I guess of today. <laughs> we have Daniel Montague. Hey, Dan. Hi, guys. How are you doing today? Doing well. Hey, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, so, it's great to be here. Tell us... Uh, Kareem and I were talking before the show, and we were talking a little bit about your business. We uh, love interviewing entrepreneurs, and at this stage, you haven't even had your business uh, a year, so it's really cool for our listeners to hear uh, what you're doing, how you got started, uh, and that's why we're excited to touch base with you today and kind of uh, get a feel for where your business is going. Yeah, it's it's a new startup, um, and... um, because of uh, having my son, I kind of uh, fell into the business, but I had been in the business for a while now, and I kind of wanted to make it better. So tell, tell us, uh, our listeners, what the business is, like a, a brief synopsis, and then tell us how they can find out about it, and then we'll go into where, how you came to that from where, what you were doing before. Okay, so I uh, recruit teachers to teach abroad. Um, Mainly in China right now, but now we're expanding to Asia, the Middle East, and Europe, um, and placing um, teachers into schools that they can uh, know that they are reliable. And uh, what's it called? It's called uh, Tefl Recruits. Um, that's tefelrecruits.com, T-E-F-L recruits.com. Awesome. Look at that. It's a pro talking. He's got his own website. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, this is a really cool idea. I think a lot of people hear about these friends of theirs that leave college with an education degree and they run out uh, and travel the world. I know I have a, a friend of mine that uh, was just one of these guys that had an ear for language. No matter where he went in the world, he learned the language there and was able to um, 
teach English as, as a second language or teaching English as a foreign language. And I know that kind of sounds a little bit like your story. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. So full disclosure, listeners, uh, Daniel and I, well, not Daniel the retailer, but Daniel the educator, our new guest here, we're, uh, you know, old-time friends now. Dan, you studied political science. You have a degree in political science. Tell us how that turned into uh, teaching English as a foreign language. Yeah, so I did uh, political science um, with an international relations focus, and I guess I've always kind of had a, a traveling bug, and, you know, I wanted to get out, um, and there weren't that many jobs available when I got out of school because of the housing crisis and financial crisis, so... Well, let's let's not tell our listeners how old we are. Try, try, try to be vague. <laughs> um, so I, I decided, hey, um, I'm going to move to Taiwan, and I started my career out there, and um, I ended up moving to Mexico and China after that, and um, I've loved it. Along the way, I fell in love. Yeah, along the way, I'm, I've met my wife. Um, I now have a, a new son. Hey, congratulations. Or, well, not a new son, but uh, uh, my first one. <laughs> Seven months is pretty new. I mean, they still smell like a baby. Uh, I don't know. It's pretty old now. <laughs> <laughs> You're a pro at this. You're like, I could have like four more. This would be easy. <laughs> well, I don't know if I have four more. but. <laughs> <laughs> so you uh, became an educator. You're traveling around. Your wife finds out she's pregnant. And you're like, pivot point. My life is going to change. What is next? Yeah, so my wife is originally from Cape Town um, or South Africa. She grew up in Johannesburg, but um, her parents live in Cape Town. And we needed to kind of settle down where they were. Um, and I'm not South African, and I can't really get a job there. So I decided to start my own company. And um, I wanted to do something that I had... I knew and I loved, um, which was teaching, and I wanted to get people into the industry and get people abroad and see the world a little bit differently. But I also knew that um, sometimes it's a trap. Uh, sometimes you get to a foreign country and uh, the schools aren't what they seem. And I wanted to make sure that I could provide a reliable service that would get people there and they would be happy where they were. I can't imagine. Uh, I think the scariest thing in the world to me is saying, I'm going to leave America and go to a foreign country that I've never been to before and teach English to people that I don't know the language of. And then it turns out that it's a horrible experience and the school I went to is bad and everything else. Like, yeah, false advertising. Right. There's, and so the fact that this opportunity exists uh, and that you've identified it is really cool. Tell us more about how you like personalize that experience for your recruits. Yeah, so um, I guess I want to take it back a little bit because I've gone through other recruiters and there there are other recruiters out there. But um, what I've, I've figured out through my years of experience teaching abroad, when I'm trying to find a job, I either get um, an email or something like that that says, oh, you want to teach abroad? And uh, the recruiter just sends me to a school. They don't touch base with me anymore. They don't ask me how I'm doing. They don't even, I don't even sometimes talk to them. I imagine a lot of, a lot of times they've probably never even been to that school. They've either never been to the school, they've maybe never even talked to the school, they've maybe done the 
you know, the negotiating on getting teachers there, but they, they don't have a personal relationship. So I try to personalize the relationship with the schools uh, so that I know them. Um, I'm either introduced to them through a friend or I actually get to know them before I start um, sending people there because I'm not going to send anyone there that um, to a school that I wouldn't actually teach at. So it's it's interesting that you mentioned you know that um, moving moving to South Africa and having your first child sort of was the driving force behind that because um, we you know we recently interviewed another uh, entrepreneur who uh, Brian Goulet who um, you know just going after his passion he started a pen company that came it, again it was born out of necessity you know you uh, you realize that. You know, some a life event happens, and a lot of times it's you know a, a momentous occasion, a great life event that sort of gives you that courage to go ahead and take that step and start a business. Now, tell me, tell me a little bit about making that decision. I, I imagine it wasn't an easy one. Like a lot of people, you know, a lot of our listeners who might uh, be, you know, if you guys are sitting out there listening to us and you're thinking about um, starting your own business. A lot of times there you might you know doubt yourself you, there might be that voice saying oh that that's you know far-fetched that's that that's the impossible dream like how did you get over that listen with a name like montague like you don't have to have confidence you've got a name like right montague. all you have to worry about is the capulets wrote about you you're yeah. set <laughs> you know those pesky capulets like they always get in the way um no, I mean... That's actually why you moved to Thailand. The Capulets <laughs> yeah, moving in on your territory. Yeah, you know, yeah, the Capulets <laughs> have taken over America. Um, yeah, no, um, I've kind of always wanted to own my own business. My, my dad uh, is an entrepreneur, and um, he runs Artificial in Columbus. Um, and he's made a successful business. And I've always admired him from taking that leap from art school to being his own business owner. And... I admired that, but then I went abroad and started teaching, and I've always kind of thought of these crazy ideas, but then it kind of came to the time that, um, you know, yeah, I had, I had a kid now, and I kind of had to grow up a bit. I mean, you know, teaching abroad is a, a fun time. You get to explore different cultures, meet a lot of new people, but then now I'm kind of back into family mode, and um, I, I need to provide, and... I thought, oh, well, why not do something that I know and do something that I know and I can run from home so I can be with my kid and be with my wife and, you know, um, and I, starting out that way. But it's, it's been hard. Um, there's been ups and downs. Uh, it's, it's hard to start your own business, but it's been very, very rewarding. What was that first call like to a school where you wanted to negotiate your ability to recruit for them. What it was it a school that you had taught at? Yeah, it was. I, I did actually have an in um, since I had taught uh, before. The previous school that I had managed at said, "Hey, you know, we really like you, um, and uh, this is a school in Shuzhou, China. Um, they're they're an amazing uh, company and school and people to work with. Um, but they kind of gave me that in." But then that second phone call, that was, that was the biggest thing. It was like, I didn't think this, this was going to work. I thought, oh, well, I might recruit 
one or two, and then I, oh, well, actually, this is, uh, this is something people need, and then word started spreading that, you know, I'm a reliable person, and um, it's all about Guangxi, uh, especially in China, and um, a similar thing in Asia, which is about, like, networking community. It's similar here in the U.S., but very much so in uh, China, so word of mouth kind of spread. Tell me about uh, when somebody goes to your website, they go to teflrecruits.com, mm -hmm. and they are uh, like, I want you to help me find a school that makes sense. What does that experience look like from the time they log onto your website to when you start communicating to the time they find a school? Yeah, so you're going to get onto the homepage, and there is kind of my self-introduction um, about who I am, like what I've done in the past, and why I'm different from everybody else, because I'm actually gonna lead you all the way until you land at the school. And, you know, if people wanna text me or email me afterwards, I'm, I'm there too. Um, but then you can click on to the uh, recruiting page um, or the school page, and then you'll see the different school listings that we have, and it's growing. I'm running the website as well, so, uh, Learning how to run a website and uh, start your own business is kind of complicated. So sometimes I don't have all the schools listed yet, but um, most of the schools are already listed up there. But you can always ask if I have more schools, because I probably do. Uh, then you can hit apply now, or even under those school pages. And you just upload your CV, type in a message, and maybe your Skype ID, and we'll start talking. Um, yeah, but, and then we might even exchange uh, WhatsApp or WeChat, and we can text each other, too. I mean, I try to make it as personalized as possible. So teachers, uh, would they're directly communicating with you. There's no buffer. No, no. I so mean, it's, it's, you know, like, to an extent, it's like one-on-one. -on -one. No, it's, it's a boutique kind of service. Like, it's one-on-one -on -one until you get to the school. So I try to figure out, first, what do you want? Um, do you want to make money? Because there is a lot of money to be made um, abroad. Uh, there's a lot of savings you can make. Uh, you can save up to twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars a year uh, if you're in a city that provides for it. Sure, I mean, because of the exchange rate. Yeah, and mm -hmm. just cost of living. Uh, or if you want to party. Um, yeah, go to it Shanghai. looks like you have like, teaching in Shanghai we, on yeah, your website. We have Shanghai, and you know if you want to go. Do hiking and chill with the pandas. We have Chengdu. Like, there's there's lots of different options. So I try to cater. First of all, I want to know what do you want out of your year. Um, and once we kind of figure out what you want, then we can kind of cater to what schools we're going to apply for, and um, see if you get in. And you know, go through your first, second, or third options. Um, there's usually more options than that fit your needs um, than just one. So, but, but we try to cater it to a target um, city or school. So I hear words like um, cater, boutique, one-on-one, -on -one, uh, and I think to myself, this must cost me a lot of money to get somebody to help me like this find a school. So how much are you charging people to get this service? No, no, it's absolutely free. Um, what I do is completely free. There's no cost whatsoever. Um, 
just send me an email and you know you're going to hear back to me either in 24 to 48 hours and yeah we'll start talking and see see what we can do for you um you're not the one that pays um and i'm not actually going to take any part of your salary either like some recruiters will actually you know take five or ten percent of your salary and that's ridiculous you should never pay for recruiting so the, this this is sort of the the natural um, follow up question. So how do you, as a business owner, make a profit? Um, so I have signed deals with um, the schools um, that allow me. If once someone lands and starts teaching, uh, thirty days after that, uh, I get paid. But um, it so it's was, sort of like re referral based. Yeah, it's referral based, but. Um, you're going to have an interview with me before you even see a school. And that interview is basically to kind of highlight your skills. So I'm trying to work for you mm -hmm. to get you into those schools, see all those positive aspects about you, and then show those positive aspects to the school. And, um, yeah, they pay me after you land, um, but that's how I make my money. And I'll tell you, it was very nerve-wracking. That first candidate that I sent, I was like, am I actually going to get paid? <laughs> and <laughs> Somebody um, actually going to send me yeah, money? I, yeah, um, it's, it's worked out so far. That's so. awesome. So this is the point of the show in which we ask you what crazy stuff happens abroad when you're teaching. In my mind, I think of that show like Below Deck Mediterranean, when all those people get together and all those and they're in a foreign country, and crazy parties happen. Let's not forget that he said that if you want to go teach abroad so you can party. <laughs> so I'm, part of me knows that this is probably like what being said from experience. after the school experience. closes down, and all the teachers are from random places, all, like all the English-speaking world, and they're like, I'm going to go out and party. Like, is there crazy stories like that? Do you uh, give words of caution to your recruits? <laughs> I mean, every, everybody's lifestyle is different. Um, you know, if, if you want the party scene, yeah, you can take that and it, it can get a little bit crazy because first of all, you're in a foreign country, you're a little bit special because you're different from everyone else. And, um, especially in Asia, it's, you're usually stick out because you speak English. You probably don't speak Chinese and you'll probably gravitate to, towards the expat crowd. And there's a mix of people out there, um, so yeah, you can have you can have fun at the nightclubs or whatever, or you can take a regular, relaxed approach to life. But there there's different cups of tea for everyone out there. Um, but mostly, it's about the kind of uh, cultural customs that uh, come with it. There's a lot of different cultural customs that you have to kind of get used to. For example. Um, so, like, in China, um, spitting is a little bit more prevalent, so you might have to brush aside the spitting, um, squat pots, um, so it, if you're in places like Shanghai or first or second tier cities, there's probably western to toilets, but many Americans probably don't know that many people just squat into a hole in the ground, and you know, there might not be a door. Um, so 
that might be something to get used to. I'm sure it's a great exercise for your quads. Oh, I mean, I <laughs> I had to exercise my quads because no I'm, squatty potty needed. Yeah. <laughs> it puts you in the proper position. Oh, that's it, so it funny. Puts, yeah, it that's puts, you, thing now it puts here. you in the best position, <laughs> and you get a workout at the same time. But it might be something that uh, you know you have to get used to. Um, in Mexico, it, it was great. Um, a lot of people in the U.S. Uh, you know, might go to school and take a couple of Spanish classes, but you can actually get to use your Spanish and right immersion. Um, immersion. So, mm -hmm. if you want to learn a language, it's the best way. I improved my Spanish tenfold by living in Mexico. Um, but yeah, it, it's there's lots of great experiences, new experiences. But you have to be very open-minded. Um, Do you know how to say squatty potty in uh, Spanish? Uh, that one I didn't learn. It's probably <laughs> the exact same words because they're so specific. <laughs> it's probably the same words in every language. Although unicorn poop may be different. I, I don't know about that one. <laughs> so uh, now you've uh, found the recruit, uh, the school that they're matching up with. They uh, go and meet this school. Has there been situations where they go and they're like, oh, crap, this is not what I expected? Uh, and they start texting you on WeChat. They go, "How do I get out of this?" Um, so I've I've had one um, that um, she didn't really expect everything. She was um, from a rural part of South Africa, but um, she kind of just didn't expect the city lifestyle. And um, she's had ups and downs. She sometimes texts me, "Oh, I love this place," and then some days. Um, I hate this place. But that's something that I always warn people going abroad. You're, you're going to have this honeymoon phase with any country that you go to. And it's about three months um, that you are absolutely so excited about a place. And then the things that you miss from home, like, ah, oh, man, I, I wish I had some tacos. There's no tacos in China. <laughs> Maybe in Shanghai. But... Um, yeah, so there's there's going to be things that you miss from home, and I always tell people, look, you have to, you're going to hit this wall, you're going to get a little slight depression, but then you're going to jump back up, and you're going to go up and down, up and down, and it happens. But you also get to ride those highs. Uh, you just can't get those lows down because you're away from your community and stuff like that. Make sure that you got you know WhatsApp and you're connected with your family. Like and me how living. Long, how long did it take you to start to form your own community there? So, m most of the schools already have a community. There's mm -hmm. uh, teachers that are there, and you jump right in, and hey, you already got friends. Mm -hmm. uh, people are a little bit more friendly when they're abroad because they know that it's a different experience. Right. From, they need to band together. Yeah. So you got to sure. band together, and you got to you know build some kind of camaraderie. So. They're going to show you, you know, where you can get this, where you can get that, um, and, you know, take you out. So there is some kind of uh, community once you usually land. Um, I think you should write a book about, uh, you know, teaching English as a foreign language, and it should be titled, There's No Tacos in China by Daniel Montague. <laughs> and and the, the subtitle will be Business Idea by Kareem Eldasuki. <laughs> what? If you're listening and you, for some reason, are looking for an idea to start a business in China, 
He just told you, tacos. Just bring tacos to China. Yeah, if anyone uh, that lives in China wants to start a taco company with me, I am down. I lived in Mexico. <laughs> so um, going from Mexico to China um, was a, a big cultural shock on the taco front. Um, and, you know, I've, I've already, I had already lived in Taiwan for a little while. So um, I already knew that there weren't many tacos in Asia. <laughs> Let me tell you, Dunkin' Donuts opened in I thought you were about to say Dunkin' Donuts is the best tacos. It's the best tacos in the world, sure. But they just opened uh, their, um, they expanded their franchise to Egypt last year. And people lined up. There were, there was a thousand person line no, on opening day. Same, same in Taipei. Like, uh, so when I was in Taiwan, in Taipei, Dunkin' Donuts opened, mm -hmm. and they had people ten block lines for like three months. Right, what? it was ridiculous. And not not to knock Dunkin' Donuts, but can you imagine if it was, you know, uh, Fox and the Snow Cafe or a place that has makes artisanal donuts that brought it to the people next level? People aren't going there for the coffee. They're going there because it's an iconic. It's brand. an experience. Yeah, it is. It is more about the iconic brand, like Starbucks. Um, where we're at right now um, is Starbucks. If you're listening, you have to pay us for this advertisement. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, no, because I'm going to diss them right now. In China, Starbucks is going to cost you like three times as much. Uh, the coffee that I'm drinking, which is just an Americano, is going to cost you like eight bucks. That's wow. crazy. Wow. That's crazy. So is it eight real dollars? Eight they real <laughs> dollars. Eight, eight, so everything eight is imported dollars. there. Everything there is imported then. Uh, is that the cost of like transporting everything well, there? Uh, Starbucks is a little bit different because uh, it's about taxes getting into China. But mm. most things are really cheap. So if you actually want to buy coffee that isn't Starbucks, you can order that off of like Taobao or something like that and get it really cheap. Actually, when I was living in China, I only spent about $500 a month. And I got to eat out all the time. I'd go to bars and stuff like that. And have a really good lifestyle, but I only spent 500 bucks, which was great. And so there's a lot of savings to be made uh, going abroad. And I think I think that's why because you, you know taxes. Um, so you have to submit your taxes uh, to the U.S., but um, there's a cap on actually paying. I think it's eighty thousand dollars. And I'm sorry, guys, you're not going to make eighty thousand dollars a year teaching abroad. Um, that's that's a no go. But uh, you're gonna make really good money. What's the range? Um, so the range for starting out as a teacher, um, you're looking at like twenty five to thirty thousand. Um, if you've been in the business for a while, it could be anywhere from, uh, you know, starting back at twenty five to up to maybe forty thousand. But you could pocket a ton of that money because you're spending like 500 bucks a month. Also, um, your rent is paid for. Most of the schools also pay for like a two-bedroom apartment. So um, you're not paying rent either. Right, that's and, nice. that's, and that's based on, that's based on uh, the country you're sending them to. Yeah. So because I'd imagine, you know, they, you, you, they pay higher salaries in um, Dubai, for example. Yeah, so in Dubai, m most of the time rent is paid for as well. China rent is paid for. Taiwan rent was not paid for, but um, you usually work on an hourly sal salary there. 
in Mexico, um, rent was paid for. Um, but it also depends on where you want to go, how much you really want to make, what kind of lifestyle you want to lead, and also what kind of culture do you want to get into. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the thing. Like, you got to pick your country. Well, I think I think that's probably why uh, it was so common, you know, uh, like coming out of school that a lot of people went to teach abroad for a year or two because, um, you know, like you said, if you're only spending $500 a month, then you're at, at 25K a year, then you, at the end of the year, you have $19,000 uh, saved up and, you know, two years of that and you probably can pay off your student loans. You know? Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's an amazing way to pay off student loans. I highly recommend it. Like, I mean... Getting out of school, um, if you really want to save, go to a second-tier city. You're going to have uh, some of your Western amenities, not all of them, but you got to have a great experience abroad, and you're going to pay your student loans off. And we talked uh, before that we started recording about that if people are interested in it, they need to. there's minimum expectations in terms of their education, right? Yeah, so you have to have a bachelor's degree most places. Some places in Thailand you don't, but also Thailand you're not going to be making the 25, 30, 40,000 range. It's uh, it's going to be small amounts of money. Um, and you might not be in a legit company. So my recommendation is get your bachelor's degree. Now, get does it have to be education? No, it doesn't have to be an education like I... I, uh, you mentioned before, I mm -hmm. did political science. Um, you usually have to get a TEFL degree. Uh, not a degree, but a certificate. Uh, you can get those online, or you can get them in class. Um, China just changed their policies last April that you have to get them in class. But if your TEFL doesn't say online, there's ways to get by with that as well. Um, but, yeah, if you have your bachelor's degree and a TEFL, you're set to go teach abroad. That's great. So um, we're kind of wrapping up here. There's a, a couple uh, questions we typically ask. So one of them is somebody who's now, you know, seven months into your uh, entrepreneurial journey, looking back, is there advice you'd give somebody who says, I want to start a website-based business now. What's some advice you might give them? Um, have a better business plan than I, I did. <laughs> I, I sketched out notes, um, and it's been a work in progress. Um, also, being a one-man team um, for right now has been a little bit hard, but um, you know, my wife is also starting to help out, and um, yeah, we're going to be able to do great things, and we're actually starting maybe to hire some more people on, because... Um, Maybe you know, a webmaster. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Starting out your own website and learning to code a little bit is is time consuming, and you you know, I sat down for a couple of weeks and had to learn that stuff. But uh, it's also rewarding because you get to learn how to build your own website, which is awesome. That's terrific. So, once again, how do people find you? Yeah, it's uh, tefelrecruits.com. That's T-E-F-L recruits.com or you can send your uh, CV um, or resume to tefelrecruits at gmail.com that's T-E-F-L recruits at gmail.com
Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to spend with us. I know you're only in the country for a month, so the fact that we found you and got a chance to talk to you uh, is great. I mean, you probably gravitate towards Kareem uh, naturally when you're in, in the States. Yeah, I'm hard to miss. <laughs> yeah, this giant. I can't, I can't not run into him. We really appreciate having you. Thank you, Dan. Oh, thank you, guys. All right, thanks, Dan. That was Daniel Montague. I'm Daniel the Retailer, and he was Kareem. Kareem and I are so glad you were able to join us for another awesome edition of Entrepreneur's Podcast. And if you feel like you want to start your own podcast, check out Blueberry.com. That's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com. That's Blueberry, like the fruit, but no ease.com. And use Entrepreneur's as your promo code. You can save an entire month's worth of podcast hosting or statistics just by putting in the word entrepreneurs. That's pretty cool. Until next time, he was Kareem. I'm Daniel, and you've been listening to Entrepreneurs Podcast.